0: Hey guys, it's Derek. We're back on the podcast. And this week, Ashley and I, that's right, both of us are sitting down with our good friend, Danielle Kepix. Danielle is a board-certified physician assistant, and she is the founder of the Strong and Unfiltered podcast. Danielle was actually on episode 22 of Ballistic Performance Radio. So if you missed that episode, I recommend that you go back and check that out. And if you haven't heard Danielle's podcast yet, Strong and Unfiltered. Go and check that out as well. Make sure when you're searching her podcast, you type the word strong, the plus sign, and then the word unfiltered so it appears in your search results. On this episode, we're going to dive deep into Danielle's nutrition journey. We're going to talk about how she first got into nutrition and monitoring the quality and quantity of her foods, her first experiences working with a nutrition coach, Some of the physiological and psychological consequences of her experiences, as well as where she's at now on this journey, and some of the things that you can do to ensure that you have a fantastic experience working with a nutrition coach. We hope that you guys find value in this episode. We hope that you find something you can take away and implement into your own journey. And without further ado, let's get into the podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to Ballistic Performance Radio. This is episode number forty-four. As usual, I cut out Ashley's intro because no one needs to hear that <laughs> on a Tuesday morning at five a.m. But guys, welcome back. Uh, we're so happy to have you here. And today is a special episode. What I have in the notes is it's a threesome. Ashley told me Daniel, not to told lead to off with that. Daniel, I told him to take
1: that out. He's hysteric.
0: I thought you would appreciate that of everybody. But uh, today is a special episode because not only do we have Ashley here like we have in recent weeks, but we also have Danielle here who you've heard chime in already. And uh, for those of you that don't know Danielle, she is one of our good friends. She is a board certified physician assistant. I corrected that from last time we were together, Danielle. Yeah, thank you. Physician.
1: <laughs> but uh,
0: And then she's also, what do I call you, the founder of uh, Strong and Unfiltered?
1: I, you know, I don't, I don't really know. We can go with founder at this point. Yeah. That's, yeah. Heck yeah.
0: Or do you want to sound more formal, like CEO, COO? All of it. CMO.
1: I'm, I'm everything behind Strong and Unfiltered right now. Yes. I love it.
0: I like it. You're the engine of Strong and Unfiltered. So if you aren't following her, make sure you go and check that out here after the episode. But, uh, before we hop right into the conversation with Danielle, we'll give you our usual updates here. Maybe Danielle will chime in if she hears something she likes. If not, <laughs> she can just zip it over there on that end. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but uh, uh, brand updates for you guys: number one, the Armory is complete. Right, we finished okay. filming the videos this weekend, and all the videos are now on the website in what we'll call like the vault on the website members-only access, Um, so you're going to have access to all of that information, talking about program design, talking about uh, recovery, following work-to-rest ratios, why they're there, the stimulus, Um, what else do we have in there, Ash? Pretty much anything you can think of that relates to our programs and the method behind the madness, right? Yeah. And along with that, the Foundations of Fitness eBook is also going to be available here in the probably the next week, I would say, for you guys to not only purchase from the store on our website, but also members who are with us will get a free copy of that ebook. And then our weekly office hours have been scheduled, right? Now we're gonna do that every week. We're gonna be on Facebook Live at 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Yes. So don't miss it. You can come on there, ask us questions, make fun of us, do whatever you want, but we'll be there for you. And then finally, merch our apparel our other merchandise is so 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 close we're working with my cousin like i mentioned on the last episode i am waiting for him to tell me that they were able to source the product and then we can start selling
1: yes i'm so excited
0: but that is it for the updates danielle did you have anything to add to all those updates
1: um i would just add your time zone 7 p.m eastern standard time because i don't know if all of your clientele is necessarily in the same time zone great call true you're one of the few.
0: Point. You the donkey is one of the few outside yes. of the Eastern Time Zone.
1: <laughs> yes. Represent Mountain Standard Time over here.
0: All right, down to business. Daniel, welcome back to the show. We're so happy to have you here. You and Ashley have been chatting a lot, but I haven't really got to speak to you much since the last episode, so it's awesome to have you back on board. And um you know, I'm ready to get into this today and I think it's going to be an awesome message and hopefully something that everybody can take something from. And I think you were telling me the other night over text that you were on episode 22 originally, and then this is 44. So just like a strange coincidence.
1: Yeah, I know. I loved it. I was like, oh, I think I was 22 and now I'm 44 and I'm big on like coincidence and numbers and stuff like that. So that's neat.
0: (laughs) There we go. It's, It's destiny.
1: It is. It's the universe, man.
0: All right. So first off, what's new and exciting with you?
1: Um, I'm back to work full time, which is awesome. So for people out there who maybe didn't listen to episode 22, I work full time as a family practice physician assistant. Uh, I was off for six weeks pretty much because of, you know, the virus that shall not be named as Voldemort. Um, (laughs) I, I had a paid vacation. I can't complain. So I'm back to work full time. Time really to get the podcast up and running you mentioned earlier like what's going on or where what's my really role with strong and unfiltered um so i i use that time to do that and that's really taken off and is is taking a lot of my time and just the content producing and stuff that i'm doing for that but it is i know you guys feel the same way like i just love 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 it <laughs> um the other exciting thing is that it's not 112 degrees in utah today so that's exciting
0: is that how hot it gets there 112
1: we've had triple digits since like mid-may
0: oh my gosh that's worse than florida well you guys don't have the humidity though right
1: yeah but i mean the air still hurts your face sometimes when you're like okay like it's yeah like the the last couple of weeks i'm like all right i'm kind of ready for this weather to break and i never thought i'd say that but you know here we are
0: That's what we're waiting for fall to officially hit over here in the. I guess we're technically in the Midwest now, but we're waiting for fall to hit.
1: You don't get fall there; you just get nine months of winter. That's not true. (laughs) It's already
0: changing. It's already feeling good
1: now, for sure. You have, you have three days, Derek. (laughs) Well,
0: if that's the case, I better just go to Starbucks and Trader Joe's now and buy all the pumpkin shit.
1: All the pumpkin shit. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Today we had uh, what do we have? A pumpkin cold brew with cold foam from the macro barista. It was legit. Ooh,
1: that sounds amazing. Yeah, Very and it basic. was
0: only—I think it was only 12 grams of sugar instead of you know 78 or whatever's in the normal pumpkin <laughs> cold foam.
1: Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it was good.
0: But uh, okay, so you've got all that going on. You're back to work. You've got mm-hmm. strong on Filter going on. Anything else? Any other life updates?
1: Um, nothing that I can really think of. Everything's just really good. Like everything's going so well with the podcast. Um, you know, work is great. I love, you know, I love my job. I love what I'm doing. I, you know, we got a second dog, I think, since the first time I was on. Did we have Leo? I don't know. We we did. Maybe you might've just had, so yeah, we, the, the dog, the animals now outnumber the humans in the house. Cause we also have a cat. So well, that's your problem
0: right there. Is that the third? The third thing is a cat.
1: The, the cat found him Mar- right before he right before he went through cancer. So she found him. Aww. Some.
0: Well, then I guess I can't say anything. See, bad. I pulled the
1: cancer card.
0: I know. Why'd you do that? Because <laughs> I
1: knew it would make you stop. <laughs>
0: you know me well. Yes. <laughs>
1: that's So funny.
0: All right. Well. All that said, I think it's time we can just hop into this do thing because I think every all three of us are excited. Yeah, let's do it. Cool. So uh, if you didn't read the title of the episode, which I would highly doubt, but just in case you're listening and <laughs> you don't know what the hell we're about to get into, we're going to talk about Danielle's journey with nutrition and everything that's associated with that, the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. And the amazing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, So I guess we'll just hop right in here and basically lay it out in chronological order. So Daniel, where did it all begin for you? Where, when did you start focusing on the quality and quantity of your foods or focusing on nutrition, however you want to phrase it?
1: So I think I really started focusing on just what I was eating and paying attention to it whenever I started CrossFit, like kind of around that time that was back in 2011, So I started CrossFit and just started really paying attention to what was on my plate. I had no idea what a cup was, an ounce, a gram. Like I, you could not have talked to me about macros in any. Um, And then as things progressed, like I went to PA school and the, the kind of the deeper I got into CrossFit, the more I paid attention to the quality of my foods, but I never paid attention to the quantity. Like I just ate if I was hungry and if I wasn't hungry, I didn't eat. Um, But I was always someone with a really big appetite. Like before I, you know, hired my first nutrition coach, I was probably slamming like 4,000 calories a day and I was lean. Like I was eating so much food. (laughs) So in 2015, when I got my first job as a physician assistant and then I started traveling about eight months later, I started kind of dabbling with RP templates, which I don't endorse whatsoever.
0: Which back then were spreadsheets with the I logo. still have
1: them. Yeah, I can I can send it to you if you want to see what starvation looks like. Um, if I can say, if I can say that, um,
0: we said no holds bar. You do right? the calories
1: on that shit and it's like 1100 1200 calories, and they're th- like their thyroid prescription ones are just as bad. I'm like, okay, let's 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 not do that. Um, but that kind of taught me, you know, even like all the difficult or negative things that came out of my nutrition. I still learned there are still positive things that I took out of that, like a hundred percent. So I learned, okay, like I need to fill most of my plate with vegetables and I need about a quarter of a plate of protein. They were really cheap on the starch though. And as someone who was doing a lot of CrossFit, like you cannot be stingy on your carbohydrates. Um, so I think really that is kind of where it started for me, where that was the first time I was really paying attention to the quality and the quantity, the amount of food that was on my plate. Like in learning like what's a carb, what's a fat, what's a protein. Like, yeah, I went to PA school, but they don't teach you that shit there. Like I learned everything I know about nutrition like was spent on my own time educating myself a hundred percent.
0: I was just gonna say, I think that's a good point to bring up too, because I think a lot of people have no no idea what is in within that education and what's not included. You know, and There's a lot of medical professionals out there that people believe, understand the intricacies of nutrition when really they don't have a damn clue.
1: Yeah, 100%. Like the people who come to me from the weight loss doctor down the street, wherever they are, I don't know, they're somewhere in my town. And they're like, oh, he told me to eat 800 calories. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's really irresponsible. What in the actual fuck? Like, I I just, I can't. It makes me, the masks are actually beneficial for me right now because like- I don't have to worry about the filter from my brain to my face when people say stuff like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so basically you're saying you can make the face of like, you're a fucking idiot. Not the person. The, and they can't the see doctor. it. I yeah. know, uh, not the person, yeah, the doctor. Yeah, 100%, 100%. That is
1: so funny. <laughs>
0: well, when you first started all of that and getting into that realm, do you remember what you were most concerned with? Like you just mentioned you kind of learned... I need at least half my plate to be veggies, a quarter to be protein, et cetera. But was there anything that you remember, like really focusing on? Was it fat, protein, carbs? Were you counting calories, anything like that? When
1: I start, not when I started the RP templates. When I went, you know, when I went and I did WAG, like that was like an obvious breakdown of what my macronutrients were. Um, but when I was doing RP, like it, I wasn't. <sighs> I really wanted just for performance. I was like, I need to eat healthier. Like I was always kind of a, a sweet tooth trash can. So I <laughs> like, listen, this I did not love I was not born loving vegetables. Um,
0: right there with your sister. I do
1: now though. I'm, I'm, I'm team ash on that one. Yeah. Say, turned around there. She, <laughs> okay.
0: Not with you, sister.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, there was, so no, like I was, at that point, when I was still managing it on my own and templates and things like that, there was no, oh, I ate so much of this, or this is too much of that, or I'm afraid to eat food, and this is how many calories I should be eating. Like I had, I didn't have an awareness of that yet. Like that hadn't infiltrated my head. Yeah. When you did the RP template, like, were you seeing body changes? Like, was there any point where you were like, "Eh, I don't know if this is the best thing for me? Well, I saw changes really quick. Like, I remember someone, I was working nights, and I remember someone I was working with commenting that I looked, like, really lean. And I was only, like, two weeks into this, and I was like, but I'm starving. And, like, I just, I couldn't do it. You know, I think and you know maybe i'm jumping into things too soon but i think a lot of people out there when they do these types of i hate the word diet i don't use it with my patients it's a fucking dirty word and for me to say that you know it's bad like when people see that type of way of eating and they 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 can't sustain it they're like oh i have no willpower i have i can't stick to anything and then they end up binging and then they're pissed at themselves for binging and it's like no you're 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 not binging you're fucking hungry
0: For sure. And I think we'll definitely dive into that later as well, like you had just mentioned, but that is definitely an unfortunate phenomenon that occurs. Now going from RP, what was the transition like or what caused you to transition from that kind of template based aside from the fact that you were starving to working with a coach and diving into the realm of macros?
1: So for me, really, at first, it was, there were people at the gym I was at at the time in Eastern Pennsylvania who were doing WAG, and they were seeing amazing results. And I was like, cool, like, I want to see improvements in my body comp, but I also care more about my performance. Like, even if I did want, you know, wanting the body composition changes, it was a very small percent for me. It was more, yeah, it'd be nice to see my abs more, but I want to see how much weight I can lift, and I want to see what my body can do so I had a lot of good intentions and they were like, well, you should look up this company. And back then they were on a waiting list. So it took a long time. So it was like five or six months later. And I finally, I finally ended up signing up like that. There was a spot available or whatever. So that was really my first introduction to this is how much protein quote unquote, this is how much protein you should be eating. This is how many carbs you should be eating. This is how much fat you should be eating fiber and like weighing myself daily. So that was really my first introduction into that realm of really paying attention to quality, quantity, and um, my weight.
0: Awesome. I have a, this is a tangent. It's not in the, uh, in the notes that I sent you, but I think it'll be a good topic for all three of us to touch on at least here briefly and not dive too far into a rabbit Mm -hmm. hole. Ashley has a nervous look on her face. Like, where is he going? (laughs) In retrospect, because I think about this all the time. Because I was the same way. I used to be very concerned with eating for performance. I also, of course, wanted to look good, but I really was focusing on performance. And when I say performance, you know, I'm using air quotes of like, I wanted to be better at CrossFit mm-hmm. or I wanted, you know, I wanted to be able to move more weight, do more gymnastics, whatever. Now, in retrospect, do you look back and you think like, why was I so concerned about like, quote unquote, performance, like within CrossFit? Yes. Like, do you ever yes. ask yourself that question? All the time. And like, I just (laughs) looking back, I can't process I
1: can tell you for me, the self-reflection that I have done with that is that my performance in CrossFit was, it was a where it, and I over like not controls the wrong word. It was like an over-identification of I am good at this. So I'm going to be the best, like I'm going to even just try to get better and better and better.
0: Yeah. You're going to be the CrossFit chick. Yeah.
1: Like it was, it was all of my identity. And Like, I know that that's why I was so obsessed with it.
0: Yeah. I'm. Well, I was going to say the exact same thing because I know for a fact, I've written blog posts about it as well. Like, I 100% invested my entire identity into CrossFit. And I think, you know, when you got into it at that time, even though 2011, 2012, it was starting to become more mainstream, it was still pretty exclusive. Like, you still couldn't find a gym on every corner a lot of people still hadn't tried it or didn't know what it was and to be in it and to be semi decent at it and to be passionate about it i feel like a lot of people kind of get sucked into that that vortex of okay this is my thing yes. like this is how i this is what i want to be known for like i want to be that crossfit dude i want to be the fittest guy in at the at the party at the house in my group of friends i want to be just obsessed with this because I mean, that's how people are going to identify me. Yeah,
1: yeah, I 100% agree with that. And looking back, it's like I was putting, I was putting all of my eggs and all of my identity into one basket. And it's like if you don't have multiple buckets to drop yourself into, and I mean this in anything in life, like as as a partner, as a friend, as a daughter, as a son, as a sister, as a brother, as you know, a CrossFitter, as an athlete, as you know, it, whatever your profession is like if you are putting all of the that energy into one bucket you are not diversified and if you lose what that one bucket you lose you lose you lose yourself and yeah. that is really hard for people to come back from you see all these olympic athletes doing this now where they're like oh what the fuck do i do now that i'm not like a gymnast like 12 hours a day
0: yeah it's crazy did you watch that documentary weight and gold no Okay, go on. What was that on? Ash? Netflix,
1: I think. Okay. Go on Netflix. Or maybe Hulu. I think Netflix.
0: Go on Netflix or Hulu, one of them, and watch "Weight in okay. Gold." It's—I uh, don't know if Michael Phelps was one of the producers. I believe he was, but it's his documentary about that exact phenomenon, like the depression that's associated, like post-Olympic depression. Oh, basically.
1: someone else told it's me about really, this. Really, really interesting. So yeah, I need to watch it. Okay, cool. Yeah. So that's that's my that's my experience with it.
0: Yeah, and like I, I think there obviously there's another there's other sides to the same story, right? Like you can be really interested in just pushing your body to the limits and seeing what your body can do because you have that competitive spirit. I think that's kind of where Ash falls, like in that bucket. I
1: was making funny faces the entire time as you guys were talking about your experience because I think mine is very different. <laughs> I was like, this could be awkward, uh, but I, I think. Part of it is I'm still like in that transition phase of like recognizing that CrossFit might have been too much of my identity, but I think part of that reason is because of how it changed my life with my back. And so I loved to be able to like prove to myself like, oh my gosh, I can deadlift this much. Oh my gosh, I can walk on my hands and climb ropes again like i was when i was in gymnastics without back pain so i think (laughs) sorry if you can hear coda barking (laughs) um so i think that makes it a little different and makes it a little harder for me to be like no, that like i that was too much of my identity does that make sense yeah
0: (laughs) yeah it's hard when you have that like physical transformation especially from an injury so i completely get that as well but Don't worry, young grasshopper. As you progress <laughs> through a couple more years of training, you'll realize how silly it was. Yeah, and was. when you get
1: older, old like me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but anyway, okay. Like I said, I didn't want to get too far in that wormhole, but I just th- just thought it was a good thing to touch on. Now, when you started working with Wag, you you know just kind of explain that process to anyone that's listening, because a lot of people don't have experience in that realm, and so you know talk about. Maybe how you're assigned to the coach, what it's like working with that coach, and the process.
1: Um, so I can't speak to I well I can speak a little bit to it because I do think they they pair you specifically for a reason. Um, certain people work better with with other people, and I would like to preface this with like I have no ill feelings towards my coach. Like she is a good human being, although she completely also ghosted me and like unfollowed me and stuff like whenever I left WAG and everything like I I don't hold anything against her and I think that a lot of people do the best they can with the tools that they have and anyways so I do know that they look at like your characteristics your background and they try to like match you with somebody who they feel that you would uh work well with and you know this was several this was God several years ago now in 2016 so I don't know what the process is like now but you know, I got a questionnaire, filled out some information about myself and my health and how I typically eat, how frequently I eat. And I received a set of macronutrients. So how much protein, how much fat and how much carbs that I should eat a day, um, along with a fiber goal. And I think that that was all they were really tracking at that point. And then somewhere down the line, they started looking at like, okay, how's your mood? How are you sleeping? Um, What's your energy like and i think there was one other thing and i can't remember at this point did they include like the journal prompt when you were there yes yes there was a weekly check-in prompt
0: all right awesome so then all that happened and then you're working with this coach and now what's it look like from the standpoint of like the day-to-day the week-to-week what's going on with this coach how are they assisting you like through the process
1: so they have a they have they had a 24-hour check-in rule so anytime you contacted your coach they had to respond to you within 24 hours um, you know, the thing I, I was one of those people who didn't have trouble hitting my macros. Like I was not that client who was like, I can't get enough protein in. I still don't understand those people. I cannot put meat in your face. I don't get it. Um, it was like every other post in the fucking Facebook page was how do I get more protein? In? And I'm like, Oh my God, can you read, can you read a label? So I was like, very, <laughs> I'm a terrible human. I'm not really a terrible human being, I swear. But you know i i was just not one of those people like i figured it out very quickly how to manipulate my food so that i could hit my macros plus or minus 5 plus or minus 3 for my fats and i mean my fiber was like out of control it was like 50 to 60 i was like i was a rabbit um so the check in process and and i guess i should back up and say that most of my communication with my coach was not, Hey, how do I hit more of this? How do I do more of that? Like I saw results really fast. I was compliant. Like I was pretty smooth sailing until things weren't smooth sailing for my body. Does that make sense? Yeah. What did you work on then? Like in your check-ins really, or was it kind of just like, all right, I hit my numbers and feeling good, looking good. And that's it. God. I mean, I, I'm trying to think back to like what those would have looked like in my early days. It's yeah. Okay if you don't remember too, like I know we, that's, that's a hard one to look, to, to look back for, for me, because you know, a lot of the times it was, you know, if I was traveling, my numbers were off. And so, I mean, it, if we're talking further down the line, it's a different conversation, but when I first started, it it was very smooth sailing. Like I, lost like seven or eight pounds right away, which is a lot of weight for my body frame. I was probably down to six to 7% body fat. And looking back pretty early on, I started waking up in the middle of the night hungry. Um, so I don't, That's that that, that was yeah. early on. I mean, I don't know how far you want me to go with that right now.
0: No, I think that's, I think we're just trying to get an idea of kind of what what it looked like initially. And I think one thing we can touch on there as well is that, you know you mentioned you weren't one of those people you were you were compliant you were able to hit your macros but you were able to do all those things because you put in the work like you were willing to figure it out you were willing to do what it took to make sure you were hitting those macros versus i think a lot of people and clients that we've worked with in the past and even some folks that like we still work with or prospective clients they're in that boat of Well, I I just can't do it. I can't figure it out. Well, you've got to want it more than we want it for you. You have to do the shit. Yeah.
1: Like, it's not like you hire a coach and you see the results. Like, get that out of your mind right now. Like, you still have to do the work. And, you know, for me, it was just, I just figured it out. Like, I figured, like, oh, like, this is a protein source. This has a protein and some carb. And this has a protein and some fat. And let me put all these, it was like a little puzzle for me. And I'm a very type A personality. So, for me to like figure that stuff out, I was like, ooh. This is like a little puzzle for me to do. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think obviously that definitely helps. And then I think too, we're not, it's probably good to clarify, we're not saying everybody should be super type A and love hitting their macros. We're just simply saying like, you've got to actually fucking work to see results and be compliant in order to see results. It doesn't just happen through sporadic, you know. Sporadic
1: no, effort. you have to be consistent. I think that's like. So I'm gonna touch on a little bit about like the difference between what consistency means to you and Ash with ballistic, as opposed to like, you know, the RP templates or my experience with Wag. is it was like you have to be plus or minus, like five grams of protein or carb and three for your fats. I think it was, or like you're not doing the work to see results and that's your fault. And that's not what was said to me, but that is how my brain interpreted it. And You guys provide, like, to me, that type of mindset of like, you need to bring, you know, bring food scales to your friends' weddings and bring travel body weight scales on vacation. And those were not things that were told to me that I had to do, but it was the culture within the company that that was the normative thing to do. Like, everyone owned a travel food scale, everyone had a travel body weight scale. Like, you guys never suggested that to me. Like, there's so much more flexibility in what Ashley had to offer me with like, Hey, we want you to have a healthy balanced relationship with food and feel good and look good without feeling like you need to be perfect. Yeah. I always wonder that. And I'm not even sure we've ever discussed this, but like, I think I've talked to Derek a little bit about it. Do you think that was the experience because, because of your goals, like because of your performance goals versus like, having the goal of balance does that make sense yeah and, that, and that's a good point like I mean I did again to my coach's defense like I wanted to look good and I wanted to perform well but also the, I. I don't remember ever having a come to Jesus talk of like you can't do this for the rest of your life now yeah yes you know could that have happened and I was just so oblivious i i don't i I don't know, but I do not remember a come to Jesus moment where it was like you cannot live in a deficit, Danielle like there was no discussion yeah. of periodization of okay, if we're going to cut now, we need to be okay with gaining weight back later because this is not healthy for your sex hormones, your sex drive, your emotions your your metabolism, your glucose control, your sleep, your ability to take a crap in the morning like I mean. You know, uh, these are all things that went for me, m- most of those things. And, you know, that was a very clear distinction with you guys from the very start where it was like, okay, like, it's okay to want to look good, but it is not okay to want to look good at the expense of your health. And that is the difference. And that is important. And that is what people need to listen and pay attention to with you guys.
0: Ashley's getting teary-eyed over <laughs> here. Here come the waterworks. Jesus. Uh, But I think one thing to clarify there, too, is because you guys both worked with WAG, both had a coach, you know, and you were mentioning you never really had that moment. But just for people's reference, people listening, it wasn't as if you were in this program for two months and then bounced out, you know, it wasn't like you didn't give it time for those individuals or to come to that realization and have that talk like you were in that program. Two years. Yeah, a long (laughs) ass time.
1: Yeah. And that was never addressed. Yeah. And, and I, like I said, I I don't know that it, a coach can only provide the tools that he or she has. And I just don't know that those are tools in the toolbox that are given to them as a coach with that organization. I don't know what they're doing now. Like I said, I can only speak to my experience and my timeline. Um, But that was my experience. Like it, it looking back at the behaviors that I engaged in, and I, I'm going down a rabbit hole here, and you know, counting the calories in my gum, like that was. I mean, how, I, I mean, I don't know, Ash, how many times you saw that asked, and people were like, "Oh yeah, I count them." And if you're if you want to be lean and you want results, you have to do this. Was like pretty much a standard answer. Um, you know, a- estimating was not encouraged. Um, you know, taking days off of weighing and measuring for me, it was encouraged at the end and I didn't see that. So I will say that, but you know, all of the body, the, the body weight scales and the travel food scales, I think are, are just an example of the culture that is bred there for perfectionism and disordered behavior.
0: Yeah. And I think something, to, I think Ash is going to chime in here as well. I think something to add to before we get too far into this whole thing is I don't want this to come across as like, this is the shit on WAG podcast episode, right? Like we're just, we just happen to have you and Ashley who both have experiences within that organization, but we're not saying that every experience within the organization is going to turn out that way. Yeah, We're I, simply good. just stating that it's very real that you can get into some bad situations yes. in any organization that deals with nutrition. Yeah. Energy.
1: And let me be clear. Like I, I definitely have that type a addictive type personality. So who knows what would have happened with any other choice that i would have made and i think i've done a really good job in talking about my experience in the past where like i it it is not i always had a choice in that i always had the choice to say no to get out of there to 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 eat more to say this isn't right or do my own research and i wasn't doing that so it you know there is responsibility on me there is a huge responsibility on the individual for that so it is never just The person who's giving you the information like you are responsible for that as well and i wasn't doing a good job of that at that point because i was seeing results and i didn't care and you couldn't you couldn't no one could talk to me about it at that point yeah and i think going off of what both you and derek said like i did do the program for like three or six months i can't remember how long uh and I think my experience, at least with my coach, it was very different than what your experience. um, Like, I think it was a really good experience, but I also saw those things that you're mentioning, like in the Facebook group. And uh, I think it was also helpful to see, because when I met you, it Mm -hmm. was probably when, I don't know if I want to say the most negative. Oh, it was. I was definitely like at my worst then. Yeah. And then, like, with Derek on my other side being like, no, like, that is not okay. So I think my experience was totally different, but it's also like, it's made me way better of a nutrition coach yeah. because of it all. So, one, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean, you talked about, I can't even remember what the things you were that you, that you talked about, like, on my podcast when I, when we, excuse me, when we went through my when my nutrition journey there. But I remember you telling me there were things you went home and asked Derek, and he was like, don't you ever fucking do that? Yeah. It, it was – you already said it. It was the gum, and then, like, you weren't allowing yourself to uh, eat salad dressing from Hello Beast Yeah, that was it.
0: Yeah, that was pretty much – I remember that day she came home. Like, I've said this before. She came home from lunch with you, and she was like, Derek, like – Danielle was was going nuts so like Hello Bistro and I was like, What do you mean? And she explained the situation and I was like, You cannot yeah. do that. Because I had already been down the path of, you know, obsessive and compulsive like eating and being too concerned with that. So luckily we had that kind of like a balance in the relationship. But um, you know, we'll probably get into that more later here. With you, Danielle, what made you like did you know you were heading in and again, this isn't Faulting any one person, but did you, as an individual individual, know you were heading in the wrong direction at any point? Like was there any warning signs that you just ignored, aside from like you'd mentioned earlier, like poor sleep and then some hormonal imbalances and things like that? Were there any epiphany moments, or how did you start to know things were going the wrong way?
1: Um, there started to be a couple of moments where I started to realize that my behavior wasn't just affecting me. So one of them was, it was at Christmas time, and I saw my boyfriend, like, freak out on somebody about putting the wrong food in the wrong container because it was what I needed. And it made me very uncomfortable because as loud as I am, I don't like a lot of attention on myself. And I was like, I don't like this. It made me feel weird. And that was probably, I don't think it was, was it Christmas? It was a Christmas Eve. Um, so that was like kind of on when, when I was like in the throes of kind of exiting and it was, that happened, that particular incident happened after I started gaining weight on less food because my body had become, it, it, it went through a metabolic adaptation. Like I just, my body could not sustain the amount of activity and things that I was doing on the little amount of food that. And and to be clear, I don't think I ever went below 2000 calories. So people out there who think that they can like sustain on 1600 calories, like you're freaking crazy. Like there's no way. <laughs> and so yeah. when I started gaining weight, eating less food, my hunger signals were going away. I was cold all the time. My hands, the palms and soles of my hands were orange because I didn't have enough fat in my body because my diet was so low in fat that I couldn't convert I think it's convert converting vitamin A into retinol. Um in order to absorb that orange pigment. So like I would go into patient rooms and they'd be like, your hands are orange. And I'm like, oh God. Like you know, there I, I wasn't pooping in the morning. And I was someone who always would get up in the morning and like have a regular bowel movement. Everything was fine. Um, I was so cold all the time. Like I could not get warm. And I mean, that's all cortisol and thyroid dysfunction and you know, as far as my menstrual cycle, I had a marina at that time. So I don't know what was happening with my female, what would have happened with my female hormones in absence of them being shut down by um, synthetic hormones.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think those are all like perfect examples in exactly what we were looking for. And I think, you know, kind of what you mentioned in the beginning with that personal experience, that's really, I think, where I started to see things with Ash and having, you know, having that other individual to kind of bounce off of and kind of use as a, a barometer of, okay, maybe this behavior or these habits, these actions aren't okay, or maybe I, I've gone too far. Because when Ashley started, I could just see like very little things like being so involved in her phone, always looking at my fitness pal, you know, starting to really freak out, not even freak out, but really be concerned about, how much the food weighed, like down to you know the tenth of an ounce or something like
1: that. Yeah, and being stressed out about estimating. Well, here's and 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 the, I think what Derek's getting to is that like wanting to be so healthy becomes unhealthy because of the stress of the stress that you put on yourself of wanting to be quote unquote healthy. Yes, that is so true. It's crazy. <laughs> um.
0: Yeah, I just think that entire yeah. You just said it perfectly. It just becomes a negative and not even a negative habit, just becomes negative. And turnout.
1: I will I will say I do remember, you know, because this was also during the time that Marcus was sick. I was working 12 hour shifts. Like there was a lot of stress in my life. My coach was like, maybe we should take some days off. This was when I was gaining weight. Maybe we should take some some meals off measuring and this and that. So that was suggested at that point in time. So I will say that. But I was so far down the rabbit hole that I couldn't see it. I was like, I was like, but I'm gaining weight on less food. And like, you know, I mean, my head was just spinning on a swivel. I couldn't believe it. Like, I, even though I knew that those things could happen, I was like, no, I'm an anomaly. It was like when I, when I got my hormone levels, when I was on birth control, like, no, I'm, I still have normal hormone levels. Like, uh, no, you don't, (laughs) you're not like,
0: yeah, you never think it's going to be. And
1: I'm like, yeah, you beat science, Danielle. Okay. Like, no. (laughs) fun. And so,
0: you know, all that said, what was the final like straw that broke the camel's back? When did you decide to exit? And, you know, what and along with that, what did you take from the whole experience after WAG?
1: So the straw that broke the camel's back for me, I, I think a part of it was I really started to see it did not put stress on my relationship, but I saw that it stressed other people out. Like it was not a positive thing anymore. And I wasn't healthy. Like I got my blood work back, I was like low in my iodine, my T3, my one of your uh, thyroid markers, your most active form of your thyroid hormone, which is your free T3. Uh, public service announcement: Anyone getting their thyroid tested out there, don't let them just test a TSH. You need a full thyroid panel. My T3 was in the tanker. Um, I had the the female hormone levels of a postmenopausal woman, and I was like, that's it. I'm done. Like. I need to fucking eat. I'm getting this IUD out of me. Like all of this stuff, it just all went right at once. And this was January 2020, no, 2019. 2019. So in February is when I had the IUD removed and everything kind of like started to bounce back. But it took a long freaking time. When you do stuff like this to your body and you cause metabolic damage, You can bounce, you bounce back from it, but I will say probably until about three months ago, I was still having negative effects from it. Yeah. What was that recovery like? So I did not reverse diet. I recommend reverse dieting. I thought I was doing an okay job. I remember waking up one morning and it was like overnight, I had just put on like 15 pounds. And I looked away that I had never looked and I was sad and I was upset and I was devastated. And I was fucking pissed at myself for like, how could you do this to yourself, Danielle? Like you know better. You know, like I was so upset with myself for letting myself go down that hole and looking back and listening, thinking about the things that Marcus had, because he really tried. And a couple of my other friends had tried. And I I wasn't hearing it. But it was just like, how did I get to this point? I had achy joints. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't poop right. And it took, you know a long time for me to feel good again i would say a full year you know it took 6 months for any type of menstrual cycle to come back and then it took about 8 or 9 months for it to regulate so
0: yeah i think that's an important you know point of of this entire thing is you knew your even when you knew things were things were going bad things were in, in a bad place like you had said earlier on in the episode, you were so invested in in that thing, like nu- nutrition and fitness, were how you identified yourself. And at that point, anything that anybody else is saying, and you know, so called critics or even people who have your you know genuine are genuinely concerned for you, you just look at it as you write it off as like, well, they they don't understand, like they're not doing, they're not willing to do these kind of things, like they're not willing to to live the way I live and that's why they're not as healthy as I am or whatever, you know, whatever excuse you want to put in your head. But you convince yourself of those things to the point where yeah, you don't want to see the end and you or you don't want to see what they're saying. You don't want to admit that it's true. And you you really can't get yourself out of that situation.
1: Yeah. And I think you, you bring up a good point when you say like, oh, they're not as healthy as I am. Like people would look at me and say that I was like super healthy. I was super lean. I looked good but my biomarkers were fucked up. Like, if you think you're healthy and these are the behaviors that you're doing and this describes you, go talk to a good physician or a good medical provider who's going to do a full blood workup on you. And I mean, full female hormones, full thyroid panel, cortisol levels, um, timed cortisol levels. If those aren't right, if you have issues, you're not healthy, you just look good.
0: Yeah, and that's a, you know, we we talk a lot in the and everyone in the fitness industry in the space talks a lot about like that quote-unquote skinny fat but the same thing can happen on the opposite end you can be so lean and look a way that a lot of people desire but you like you just said you can be really fucked up physiologically and metabolically and no one would know even yourself but like you said you need to go get that stuff checked out you need to find out these things because you can end up in a similar situation of two, three, four years into whatever habits you're you're doing and you're really been trashing your body for the last two, three, four years.
1: Yeah. And and I don't think anyone at that point could have you know, where I was could have could have talked me out of anything. But once I saw the numbers, I was like, science doesn't lie, I need to get out of this. And I just remember eating a fuck ton of almond butter and heavenly hunks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what I was gonna ask you too. like, what did nutrition look like? I know you said that you didn't properly reverse diet. Was it kind of just like you just said, eat whatever? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so I would go back and forth. Like I still had that feeling ingrained in me where like you need to restrict you can't like I would be super strict one day and then I'd be like it's okay to eat things like I went back and forth like that for for a, a while and I would say like I worked with another nutrition coach her name's uh, Jamie Wisner and I don't know if she's specifically still doing nutrition coaching but she is just a sweetheart and an absolute wonderful human being as well and I found more balance with her and I would like, I waited measure. And then towards the end of working with her, I, I just kind of like, I wasn't even logging. And she's like, I missed a check in with her. And she's like, this is great, Danielle. Like, this is <laughs> like most people, I wouldn't say that, but with you, like, this is, this is a good sign. Um, but you know, I was still eating healthy foods, Ash. It wasn't like I was, you know, YOLOing on donuts. I mean, the worst things I were eating were like, you know, like the heavenly hunks and almond butter. <laughs> like that was the thing that I still haven't tried a heavenly hunk. Okay, well, you need to try a heavenly hunk. They are like 300 calories for like an ounce and a half.
0: <laughs> Wait, what are they?
1: <gasps> Google it, Derek. <laughs> like they're little, like um, they have like chocolate chips and it's like glued together trail like granola. I, I was gonna say trail mix, but like granola with um, like chocolate chips and there's like I think there's almond butter or peanut butter or something in them. I don't know. They're it's cocaine, all right. Like that's all you need to know.
0: <laughs> Ashley would probably love them. You told me that one thing from Costco was cocaine, and I couldn't eat it, so I don't it, believe it you. It was yes. cocaine.
1: The chocolate, the chocolate covered <laughs> coconut clusters. Yes, but actual. cocaine.
0: I, <laughs> that tasted like tire, like shavings, oh my gosh. and
1: don't listen to him. Motor People oil. don't listen to him. Lies. <laughs> but I think you know the representation of my nutrition during that time was a lot of imbalance, like. I went from someone, you know, 10 years ago who just ate whatever they wanted to someone who was kind of paying attention to someone who got all in the throes of like being orthorexic and to someone who was trying to find balance again but was really struggling. Like I didn't want it to be my main focus, but I had gained so much weight for me. I had gained so much weight that I was uncomfortable. I was did not feel good in my body. I was very self-conscious about like certain types of clothing about how I looked to my boyfriend and, you know, just all of those. And it's not because of anything like he said or did, it was just in my head, like, well, I don't want you to see me naked. Like, I mean, that's like, it, it was a really vulnerable thing for me. And I like, when I would think about it, I would like cry because I like, it just, it bothered me so much when I first like got out of that hole and you know, he will be the first one to tell you he just wanted me to be healthy and like let go of all of that. Like that, you know, but so all of that conversation was just going on in my head. And so I think that's another part that a lot of people don't talk about is like the mental fuck that you end up in because of how messed up my body got. Like, (sighs) yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't think people talk about that nearly enough. And I also don't think, People realize, like, I don't know anyone that has lost a lot of weight and has gotten very lean, not have like mental repercussions because of it. Yeah, it was, yeah, I mean, because you and I have talked about this, like, I can still catch a glimpse of a picture of me when I, and just, I mean, for the people listening, like I'm still a fit person. Like I went to go give plasma today yes. and the guy was like, put your guns away. Like I'm still fit. Like, I'm not like <laughs> <laughs> by any means, like, yeah. you know, I'm I'm not someone who's very overweight over here talking about this, but I catch glimpses of old pictures of me and it's still hard. And And I know, but I know I am better off like a hundred percent, but yeah, Derek, I know you have that same,
0: well, that's what I was just going to say. And like, Ashley brought up a perfect point. The mental side of it, the psychological side of it is so much deeper and I think more, more potent than the, the physiological side. Like, yeah, your body's going to go through changes and you're, you know, like you said, you can bounce back from these things. Like you might gain weight, but you can always lose weight again and and vice versa. But the mental destruction that occurs from becoming so obsessive about the way you look and developing things like body dysmorphia and, you know, disordered eating, that almost, I don't want to say never goes away, but, you know, I'm probably what I would call five years out of really being like a fucking nut job about the way I looked and about my fitness. And I still struggle on days where we decide to indulge in something or on days where I know I didn't eat the way that I typically would. Like, I'm not going to sit here and bullshit everybody and say, you know, like, oh, we never feel guilty about eating bad food. We, you know, we embrace indulgence. Yeah, we try to, but it's a process. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not... We're not perfect yeah. by any means if i eat enough pizza you can bet your ass i'm gonna feel guilty and <laughs> wish i hadn't eaten it and look at myself in the mirror the next day and think like what the fuck i don't have any abs anymore and that's gonna bother the shit out of me mm-hmm. like it people think and you know you can post on social media all you want and preach that positivity and that's great but it's really hard to put into practice and so you have to really work at it every single day
1: yeah I I 100% agree with that
0: well did you have something to say Ash? no well continuing on then so that recovery you just talked about how long and how difficult it was well eventually you pulled the trigger or maybe we just harassed (laughs) you enough that you came and worked with us and you know what what made you decide to do that, aside from Ashley texting you every 24 <laughs> hours talking about how great Ballistic is? <laughs> so, I mean,
1: you guys did low-key harass me, but seriously, it's the best thing I've <laughs> ever done. And I know Marcus has reached out to you guys saying that, like, this is the healthiest he's seen me ever and, like, how happy he was that, like, how good I'm doing with things. Um, I got to a point where... I would like, we have plasma donation centers everywhere here and they give you extra cash. So I give once in a while. And so I knew that I would have to step on a scale to do that. And I, it was time for like my annual gynecology appointment. And I knew I would have to step on the scale to do that. And I had not been able to step on a scale in over a year. And while I, I personally think that long-term weighing yourself every day is a breeding ground for disordered behavior, and a bad relationship with your weight and your body and all of these kinds of things. Um, it's, I was not, I also think that it is unhealthy to not be able to step on the scale. And that is the point that I was at. And I, I remember having this conversation with you, Ash, where I was like, I like, I so back up, I knew that that wasn't okay. And I was like, you know what? I was feeling like crap on the virtual program. I was following It's a very well-known program and I was just beat up all the time. And the only thing that kept being said to me was, Oh, well, how's your recovery? And I'm like, listen, like I'm eating 2,800 calories a day. I'm definitely in a surplus. Like I'm sleeping. I have a good menstrual period. Like everything is going the way that it should be. And I'm still destroyed. So I was like, screw it. I'm just going to do, I loved Derek's programming. Like I still think it's the best programming I've ever had. And I'm like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go balls in and do three months of nutrition with Ashley, because I wanted to be work mentally to be able to step onto a scale. Like that was literally our, one of our first goals. And I wanted to stop feeling like dog shit. Like my body just felt like crap. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I literally remember that conversation. Um, What was kind of your experience like with us towards the beginning at least? So, I I mean, I recommend like everyone that I, who, uh, anyone who wants to learn about nutrition and fitness and everything else to you guys, because it is not the main thing that I do with my job, but I, I love how flexible you are. You, you truly meet people where you are. It's not just, okay, here's a set of macros and you need to meet if you're at a level, if we're at a level eight of performance, you need to meet us at a level eight. Like it was flexible goals. So like for me, I didn't want to weigh myself every day, but I also wanted to work on improving like how I looked and we found a way to do that without me getting on the scale every day, you know? Um, so I I mean, just to talk about my experience with you. Like, I mean, we are obviously very good friends, but I know how much you care about your clients and how responsive you are and how much heart and soul and effort and time that you take to respond to people. Like you are literally, when you say they're number one cheerleader, like you 100, that is a 100% accurate statement. Like.
0: Danielle, if you go any further, <laughs> she's going to start crying. Okay. <laughs> like her, her bottom lip is quivering over here. <laughs>
1: He's lying, but kind of, like halfway. (laughs) So, I mean, I think, you, like you guys said, you saw me. You met me at a point in my life that was hard. You met me at a point in my nutrition journey that was just – I was full-blown disordered behaviors. And I know – now like how much you guys wanted to see me just really have peace and balance with that and we are definitely there like i have not logged a single piece of food in like six weeks and i i don't think i've done that since before 2016 yeah and like how derek just said i get emotional just hearing those things (laughs) but like what actually makes me emotional and what literally now could make me cry is like hearing you say that and I know we talk about it a lot um but I remember like the the very first time you reached out I said to Derek I'm like I'm nervous to work with her because again we've known each other for a a while and we knew how you were kind of extreme on one end and then extreme on the other end. So I was like, it's gonna be hard to achieve balance. And so the fact that we've been able to, it just makes me so freaking proud of you. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I like I still weigh like my denser foods every once in a while. But I mean, you know how good I am at eyeballing stuff. And I think honestly taking the pressure off of like not logging and putting all that energy in, like I i S I'm down even lower on my weight. And I think it's cause I've taken like all the stress off. Like I'm not, I'm eating a lot of food. Like, so I think that I've finally gotten to a place where I'm like, I can really look at a plate and go, okay, like mostly vegetables needed some starch. And then, you know, my, I eat a lot of protein. Um, and I nine nights out of 10, I sleep fantastic. Everybody has that one weird night every once in a while. Like my health is great. I do need to do some blood work and and make sure of that. But I mean, I'm feeling great. Everything is working the way that it should. I, I I can't say enough good things because I I feel like with so many programs, you just get, well, here's what we need you to do to achieve results. And it's like, well, what if that doesn't work for me? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is the most important thing to point out is like what we did with you for balance. Like that might not work for everyone, but that's what we're willing to figure out is what will work for the specific individual.
0: Well, I think what's unique too is, you know, we're talking about how we meet people where they're at, you know, and Danielle, you and I can relate a lot on the nutrition front because now we have similar viewpoints and, but we would, you know, if you go to any other, I don't want to say any other but if you go to most nutrition coaching companies and you tell them your goal which for you working with us yes it was balanced but it was also to improve your physique mm. you're not going to receive like the kind of action steps that no. we provided you in terms of in terms of like hey uh i don't give a shit what she says she's gonna go out and eat out at a restaurant twice this week and if she tries to fucking weigh anything I'm going to I'm done working with yeah. it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I did those words did not ever come out of but my mouth. But you know mind. what I mean. I mean there
0: were weeks where we were telling you, okay, you need to order in tonight. You need yeah. to eat something that is not a whole food. Like you need to, and then I want you to tell us how you felt mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know while still looking at progress pictures and saying, "Okay, we're making changes in body yeah. composition." For anyone listening that's like, that doesn't make sense. Well, we weren't having her fucking eat a burrito every day. You know, it was like once a week, eat something and not gluttonously. Eat something of moderate proportion that you can still enjoy. And that's
1: like such a good point is before whenever I would go out for like treats or something that I wouldn't normally eat, um, I would feel like I needed to have like it, it needed to be an endless supply because it was the only time I could ever do that. And you guys know I just came back from Colorado and hiking and like on the way back from Breckenridge, I was like, I want a motherfucking frosty in my face right now. Like I wanted a frosty (laughs) and fries (laughs) and it was just what I wanted. But like I ordered a medium frosty and I got like maybe three quarters of the way through it. And I was like, I don't want the rest of this. And that's how I know that I have balance because I can put something down and say, I've had enough and I'm done and not feel like I need to like stuff the whole thing in my face. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah,
0: that's huge because I mean, I've experienced the same thing. I think anybody who now is in a a relatively decent place with their nutrition will testify to that. If you feel the need to engage in gluttonous behavior when you're, you know, having a quote unquote cheat day or a cheat meal or a treat, then there's something wrong in your day to day. You know, you don't have enough balance because. For me to need to sit down and feel like I need, like a compulsive need, to eat the whole fucking large pizza, okay, I probably am too restrictive in my one hundred
1: percent. That's exactly what. That's what I'm when I when we first started talking. When I was like, "You're not binging, you're hungry." Yeah. 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 Exactly. Absolutely.
0: And now, let's kind of like put a bow on this here and and kind of link everything together and wrap it up with. <laughs> you know, with everything that you and Ash, both of you guys have been through in terms of your nutrition and where you're at now, I kind of wanted to give everybody listening some like tangible stuff that they could take home with them. So the first question I want to ask is like, would either of you, um, what would you recommend to someone who's looking to work with a nutrition coach? What are some things they should look for? What are some red flags and really just kind of have like an open, uh, Discussion here about it, if any. Ooh,
1: uh, the first one for me would be education. Like, and it does like, don't I do not believe that someone has to be a registered dietitian to help you with nutrition. And that is not a disrespect to registered dietitians because they are also amazing. But I know there's a lot of people out there who are like, you can only work with an RD. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like some people come from really great backgrounds and are really good nutrition coaches. Like, you know you guys come to mind, Sam Miller, uh, Joelle, Samantha, I don't know her last name, but there's so much science and like evidence in like the things that they do and they have education in the sciences or fitness or nutrition. Um, those things I think are important. Um, I think a good coach will be upfront with you and say, okay, like we can go into a deficit or here are the things that we need to make sure are happening with you before, you are safe to lose weight because you need to earn your right to be in a caloric deficit. You need to to have been at a stable maintenance or surplus or whatever before you go into a deficit. Otherwise, you're just going to crash your body more and it's going to be really ugly. So some type of assessment of, okay, what's your health status? And not like a doctor or a medical provider, but where where's kind of your health status at? And are we okay to kind of to, to be in a deficit if that's what you want? And present you with some type of periodization. Like, okay, you're in a safe place to diet. We're going to do this for the next like eight to 12 weeks. And then we need to bump your calories up to make sure that everything is still functioning right. And that you're getting enough calories to make sure that your body's performing the functions that it needs to. Those are the biggest things for me. And if those things are not presented to you, or if you ask those questions and they don't know what the hell you're talking about, you need to run so far away, like Forrest Gump run. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think like you said, one of the most important things is education and then periodization. Like how we've talked about it this entire episode, you cannot stay in a deficit for an extended period of time. So if your coach is not talking about like, okay, after this deficit, this is what our plans are, um, it is not a good sign. And I think another thing that you can do is go to their Instagram, go to their – um their website and see like what are their members saying about them and don't be afraid like reach out to their members like ask them what their experience is like um and i think that's kind of a good way to know to find out more information as well yeah
0: how about from both of you guys any red flags like anything that if you're out there looking for a coach and you see this like danielle said run like forrest gump like get the hell out of there
1: um, I think the first one is I like how Ashley brought up their Instagram page. Cause I think like you want to get an idea of who you're giving your money to, to like, like, are the, are they good people? Do they care? Um, and if their whole Instagram is filled with half naked people, get the fuck out. Like they're just trying to make money off of your results. They don't care about the sustainability of your health and you know, other things. They just care about what kind of abs can you achieve to put on their website? Yeah. And I think the other thing is, are they posting educational content like are they trying to teach you so that when you're done working with them you uh, feel educated and you feel like you can succeed on your own Mm -hmm. agree
0: yeah i think and then i think this goes along with kind of what you mentioned earlier about um you know having the education and the science and and all those things that go along with it uh and this is more of a red flag but i saw this i saw this ad i think it was on tiktok the other day and so i clicked on this dude because i was like This is a crock of shit, I can already (laughs) smell it. And so I click on this dude's website and it's your classic just like absolute dumpster fire. I mean, you get on there, the first thing that pops up in the banner is like my latest six week shred. And then I scroll down a little further and it was, here's my, uh, how did he phrase it? Here's my, oh, here's my metabolism calculator. And okay. then he, yeah, he posted a video that went along with that below it, that basically walked you through an equation. Once you figure out your quote unquote metabolism, how to lose body fat. And it was literally just the classic, all right, 3,500 calories is one pound. So Ugh. I want you to subtract 500 calories from whatever the metabolism calculator spit out for you. And that is what you need to eat until you achieve your oh fat loss goal. It's like, are you fucking kidding? Like, how is this even allowed on well, the well there's no regular there's no regulating, like, the there's no regulating body happen.
1: about like what advice can be given about fit about nutrition. And yeah, exactly. I, Laura Ligos and I have talked about this and I don't know what the answer is, but it's like any Tom Dick or Harry can walk around and give nutrition advice. Like even Marcus found this thing and it was called it was some former Navy SEAL. And it was like the integrity challenge and it was just drinking liquids for 10 days to lose weight. And I fucking blew his shit up and he came back at me and I was basically like, thank you for your service, but politely fuck off with this like his whole like his whole instagram was just like all these powders and greens and all this other bullshit and marcus gets so pissed at cuz he's like yeah this fucking bullshit and all this marketing from this damn near gave my girlfriend an eating disorder like like he gets he gets yeah. just as pissed about it as i do now
0: well it's just so like, frustrating because not only did that guy have all that bullshit on his website but then I look at his Instagram and he's got like 20,000 followers. His TikTok has 200,000 followers. Like he's training these fucking TikTok celebrities. It's like this dude is literally reaching 20 times more people than we have even, you know, shot at ever reaching, at least at this current state. And they're believing him because they're like young, impressionable audience. He has the faces that people want to see on his site. And it's just like that. Is just not going to work. Anytime the point is, anytime you see anything that's like fat loss calculator, six week shred my, you know, muffin top melting boot camp Jesus. program, like those are all red flags.
1: Yeah, no, a hundred percent.
0: All right. Well, now away from the negatives, you know what? What is something, and maybe you, maybe this is just for you. We'll see if Ash has anything to chime in here or not. What is something you wish you could go back and tell your old self? before getting heavily involved with a nutrition coach.
1: What do you need from this? What is your goal? what is your why? And, and and I had those answers, but really sitting down and examining, you know, why do, why do I want to do this? And what is my limit? And what's the, I don't think I really understood what the ultimate long-term goal was. Like I was afraid to like not have a nutrition coach at one point. And I think the goal going in should be like, if you're looking to tell yourself one thing, when you hire a nutrition coach, it should be to at one point, not have a nutrition coach.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's huge. Like you said, I feel like now, especially, which is so sad to say, but I feel that now having a a quote unquote why has become such a buzz term and something that's like so clickbaity now, but you absolutely need that and it needs to be deep and it needs to be, you know, it needs to be the driving force behind what you're doing. But there, you also need to have an idea of, you know, that not the end, the end point, but you know, where are you going with this? Like you said, what's the, what's the purpose of hiring a nutrition coach? Because as you said, you're not going to do this forever, or you're not going to be, you shouldn't feel like you need a nutrition coach for the rest of your life. It's it's not necessarily a means to an end, but it's a means to a new beginning of new habits, behaviors, and like a healthier, more sustainable way of life.
1: Yeah, I, I love that.
0: Awesome. Well, then let's move on to the next one here. So what are th- three things that listeners can do to set themselves up for success prior to working with a coach? You know, what is something that maybe I'm not ready to pull the trigger yet on hiring a coach or working with someone, but what are three things that I could do to make sure that when I do hire a coach, I'm not that jackass that we talked about in the beginning, who can't seem to do anything because I'm not willing to put in the work.
1: Um, so I was going to say, assess your readiness. So you need to understand the level of commitment it takes to, to initiate change in your nutrition. These are not behaviors that need to, or I think should be done forever. So if you don't have any concept of what a macronutrient is, or, you know, how much a certain quantity of food is, you need to be prepared for a solid three months to weigh and measure your food, weigh or measure. I'm, you know, some type of diligently tracking your food, you know, five or six days a week, Uh, so that you can gain an understanding of like, okay, this is what X amount of grams of, you know, fruits and vegetables look like. This is what four ounces of meat looks like, you know, so that you can take those tools and you can later utilize them without the food scale. But if you don't do that work up front, you don't have those skills. And I think a lot of people think, oh, I just miraculously developed these skills. No, you have to put in that work and be diligent to develop the skills to use without, you know, having to be obsessive in the long run. Um... I think the second thing is before you pull that trigger, really assess if you're truly ready for change. Like, where are you in the psychology stages of change? Are you just contemplating? Are you ready? Are you at maintenance? Are you engaged? Are you willing to accept criticism uh, and suggestions from your coach? Like you, you can't, your coach just can't give you all the suggestions and you be like, oh, well, I don't want to do that. Or that's not how I think of it. And like, you have to have an open mind. Like what you were doing wasn't working for you for mo. in in the case of most people. So when your coach gives you a suggestion, maybe you should listen.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I like that one even more than the first one. Do you have a third?
1: Um, be okay with not, not being perfect. Like that's not what this is about. You know, even when I was strictly tracking with Ashley to, you know, have body comp changes, I was every week at at taking one day off of track. And I think that that is really, really important so that you get a mental break from that. You don't become completely reliant on it. You can kind of test your tools every week. So, okay, I've been through two weeks and now like, let's see on Sunday, what I do on my own. And, you know, do I understand what I need without the scale? And then you can bring, you know, the mistakes or the things that you learned, or were kind of confused about without the scale or the tools that you normally use measuring cups and bring that into the next week and really pay more attention to that and continue to move forward.
0: Yeah. I love it. Ash, did you have anything to add to that? Anything you would tell someone to do before they hire a nutrition coach?
1: I don't think so. I think exactly what Danielle said for the first two. Um, Primarily, I think my number one thing is the stages of change. And I know, Danielle, we talk about this a lot, but like if you're not ready to change, there's only so much that a coach can mm-hmm. do. Uh, we can try to give you advice, give you recommendations. But again, if you don't want to make the change, which change is hard, but if you're not ready to even try, I can only do or like any coach can only do so much. Yeah. And I think people need to understand like your coaches, like especially with you, like I'm like you put in so much time and effort and you care so much, but your coach should not give more shits than you do. Like this is your journey and they are a facilitator. Like they are there to facilitate your change and to give you the tools that you need, but you have to do the work and you need to care and want it more than they do for yourself.
0: Absolutely. It's like, uh, have you ever read the book Storyboard Brand? I think it's Storyboard Branding.
1: No. Mm -mm.
0: So that what you just said made me think of it exactly is that they basically paint, it's talking about advertising and marketing, but they, and branding, but they basically paint branding as making the prospective client or that individual feel as if they're the hero in their own story. Mm. And if if you, the coach or the service provider, if you're the hero in the story, it doesn't fucking work. Yes, I love like, that. They have to be the hero of their own story. So you, like you said, you're the facilitator. That's what made me think of it. The coach can facilitate, but you still have to take the actions. You know, No one cares more than Ash. Literally, she is the most empathetic, caring, patient individual in the entire world. If I was not in her life, I think she would literally be broken at this point because these clients would suck the life right out of her. I have to be there as the buffer. But there is not a person who could care more about you in the world. But if you don't give a shit, that's just... It's literally not only a disservice to yourself, but to the person that you're working with who's investing all of this time and yes. energy into you being successful. And you're not, you know, you don't give two shits. Yes. Or you're, you're barely trying, you're going through the motions. Because that was going to be my point that I brought up for the three things that someone should do prior to setting themselves up. Yeah. With a coach is that I think you need, if you're working with a good coach, who hopefully you are, if you're willing to hire them and pay them, before you actually pull the trigger and start working with them, you need to go into it with an open mind and drop all your preconceived bullshit that you learned on social media and on the internet about nutrition. But allow the expert who you're paying substantial amounts of money to to provide you with credible information. Don't second guess their recommendations because of something you read on Energizer Ellen's From blog the medical about. Yeah, right? <laughs> Allow the experts and the people with the knowledge and experience to guide you. Drop all those other preconceived notions.
1: Yeah. And I think it's important that people know like, they can ask their coaches questions.
0: Yeah. yeah, I'm not saying don't ask questions. I'm just saying if your coach gives you a recommendation, trust that recommendation. And if you want to ask a question for clarification, you're more than welcome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But be willing to trust and then put that into action.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. All
0: right. Now this is for fun. Yay. Closing it out here for fun. If you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, Danielle, what would it be?
1: Oh Jesus! Um,
0: it can be. Um, it can be a genre of food as well.
1: Can I just say breakfast foods? Ooh.
0: Oh man, I don't know if that's copping out or not. I'll take it. <laughs> breakfast foods.
1: What would yours be?
0: Oh, mine would be pizza, hands down. No questions asked.
1: Right now, mine would be beef. <laughs>
0: Oh, we're on a ground beef Jesus. kick like no other. We
1: had venison for like a year straight, no beef, and beef just tastes amazing. Recently, oh my god,
0: that wouldn't <laughs> actually be yours though, right?
1: I'm probably with Danielle. Breakfast food, yeah. really? Oh yeah, pancakes, <laughs> waffles, eggs, bacon. Yeah,
0: I honestly thought Ashley was gonna say peppers.
1: I literally could cannot go one day without eating a pepper. I don't know, it's just, they're just so good. But okay, <laughs> go on. <laughs>
0: I'll eat peppers on my pizza. Anyway, uh next one. What's your favorite food to indulge in?
1: <sighs> um any I don't I, I'm gonna kinda cop out again. I love chocolate. Like I'm definitely like a maybe a Reese's. Mm. I love Reese's cups. I have the little mini ones at home. I usually have about two per day. <laughs> There's That's a little solid. mini ones.
0: This is Halloween time. You can buy gigantic bags and just have it in your freezer for months. I know, but our
1: freezer space is taken up by all kinds of meat. <laughs> I know. <Like> we are <laughs> we need we need a deep freezer. Like we but I mean we're renting right now and we're looking at buying, so it's like we're not we're not putting anything else in this house. Like
0: Same. <laughs> I, we need a chest freezer bad. It's but, like do you want to like, move that shit? S- like, no. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> no. And I know what'll happen. If I buy a chest freezer, I'm gonna walk out in the garage one day all the meat's going to be in some cooler and Ashley's going to have it full of water <laughs> taking a fucking ice bath in my garage.
1: Probably. <laughs>
0: but, yeah, that's definitely what would happen. Yeah. Uh, Ash, what's yours? F-
1: the first thing that came to my mind was Cold Stone ice cream. Uh, but then, like, I love chips and salsa. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to go with... Chocolate, peanut butter, Cold Stone ice cream. Oh,
0: interesting. You guys both went like the dessert route. We have
1: very similar taste buds in like yeah. the foods that we put together, Derek. Veggies and chocolate and peanut butter. <laughs> Veggies, meat, chocolate, peanut butter. Oatmeal, eggs, turkey, bacon, and PB2.
0: <laughs> oh, God. I remember one of those days. That was literally a nightmare. Uh, my favorite food to indulge in. I don't even... I might Pizza. have to... Well yeah, it would definitely be pizza again, but I don't want to use pizza. You can't the same use the same twice. answer. No. I would say I would say probably a burger and fries. No,
1: no, no, no. Are you kidding me? We haven't had them in the house for a week and he's forgotten about them. The
0: townhouse crackers? Yeah. That's not my favorite food to indulge in though. I just used to eat those those a Those things are so good. <laughs> I told you I'm addicted to them. And Ashley one day, did I tell you this story? I said, Hey babe, she's out at the grocery store. I'm like, Can you please We've already heard this on the podcast? I know. Well, it's one of my most horrific memories of 2020. (laughs) I said, Babe, can you please bring me home a box of townhouse crackers? She's like, sure. She comes home. She pulls out this fucking (laughs) disgusting looking box of Ritz Rounds. I'm like, (laughs) Bitch, those are not the same thing.
1: (laughs) He's rude. (laughs) Ungrateful.
0: (laughs) I literally didn't even eat them. We threw them away. That's how disgusted I
1: was. But it's fine. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh,
0: Okay, continuing on. Last one. What is one food that you know you Mm. should eat, but you don't eat enough of?
1: Uh, It's definitely the seafood for me. Like, the stuff. Yeah, like, I actually just said, I've been saying to Marcus, we need to make an effort to have like shrimp or scallops. He just, he went to the store and he bought shrimp the other day. So, um, you know, fattier fish too, like mackerel, halibut, um, salmon. I have not been like, I look at salmon and I kind of get like nauseated to my stomach, which is really weird. Cause I normally like salmon, but that's been going on for like, a, like almost a year now. It's very strange. Um, but yeah, the, the, the seafood category, I could, be, definitely be better about
0: that was gonna be mine yeah. as well I was literally gonna say salmon and halibut Shh. I need to eat more f-
1: well you don't like seafood that's our issue well yeah but I definitely
0: <laughs> will not eat shrimp and scallops but I could eat the fattier fish and get some yeah. more omega-3s in my yeah, life
1: we eat a lot of that eggs though mine. like that's my excuse is like I eat t- at least two eggs every day yeah D-
0: I don't think I've told you this Danielle I stopped eating eggs in Florida when we still lived in Florida so this was probably back in February mm-hmm. I was getting like, I was having these weird things happening with my stomach. I know like I have all kinds of weird nutrition stuff happening, you do. but I was, my stomach was hurting after every morning of eating these eggs and it would hurt for like a half hour and then it would go back to normal, but it would hurt bad. Mm. And so I was like, all right, screw it. I'm done with eating eggs. I haven't eaten eggs since. Oh God. I know. This is the longest I've ever gone without eating. Eggs. I
1: went almost my whole two years with wag. Like I just ate egg whites. Oh. That's
0: just sad. All right. Well, I think that's all we have for the day. I think we're wrapping it up uh danielle thanks so much for coming back on it was a blast uh i like this little three-person format we might have to do this again soon yeah but uh again thank you so much for coming on uh for those people who want to reach out to you to ask you about why you're so weird, uh, (laughs) ask you about your nutrition journey or anything about health. Where can they find you?
1: Um, You can find my podcast. First of all, it is Strong and and Unfiltered. Uh, If you're on Apple, you have to put the plus sign in because Apple is very temperamental. So Strong, Plus Sign, Unfiltered. And then you can find me on Instagram at danielle.marie.pac.
0: All right, love it. Well, until next time, Danielle, we'll see you around. All
1: right, thanks. See ya.
0: Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Whether this is your first time tuning in or if you're here with us each and every week, we could not thank you enough. I know we say this week in and week out, but we truly could not do this without you. And if you enjoy what you hear on this platform, please leave us a five-star review. Leave us a comment in there as well. That is how we reach more people and change more lives through this platform. If there's a topic that you want us to cover on the podcast, please do not hesitate to reach out to us. We will cover it. We will try to bring you as much value as possible on that subject and hopefully give you something that will help you along your health and fitness journey. Lastly, if you guys don't follow us on all of our other platforms, you're missing out. If you're not subscribed to the Weekly Roundup, which is our weekly newsletter, you're missing out. Get on those platforms. Find us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, youtube subscribe to the weekly roundup the link is in our bio on our instagram we're trying to bring you as much value education and information as possible we want to help you in any way shape or form that we can so be sure to follow us on those platforms share our content with people who you know need it and that is how we are going to cultivate caring confident capable people until next time guys have a great week